Hey guys, I want to remind you that I do have a Patreon page for those that are not familiar with that. It's an easy way for um, those interested in my work to see new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. And it's also an opportunity to contribute to the show to help with a project that will be rolled out and as well as the opportunities I have to give back to the community by contributing as little as $1 per month. Yes, I do not discriminate against money. You can actually contribute to the show. As one of my listeners and supporters, I'd like to invite you to be a stakeholder on the show as well. If you're interested in becoming one of my patrons please help me and lay the foundation for what i hope to be a great ongoing project the most of shop if you're not in a position to become my patron to financially contribute to the show that's no worries at all your support still means the world to me another way you can help is to spread the word every time you get announcements about new episodes please share it on your page and maybe even adding a few words about what each episode means to you and things like that so thank you all and i do appreciate your support and for giving me courage to keep this platform going now enjoy the show hello everyone i am mosibel and this is the marcibel podcast hola hola como estas <laughs> bien bien but do you mind if i just say a quick prayer before i get started yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just thank you, Lord, for second time doing this. We pray that Lord, you guide us to, you know, be as impactful as you want us to be, not just following our own agenda or trying to recreate, you know, the conversation we had earlier. That your spirit to move through us, and then these these words that are going to come out of our mouth through us from you will be life giving to those that listen to them. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the glory will be yours, and none of that will come to us when Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so, all right, everyone, welcome back to the show. This is a more simple podcast, a podcast about culture and cultural moments designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Masibo, Nigerian-born, U.S. educated, Korean-speaking, wandering intellectual. Twitter, Twitter is, um, has become, it's slowly becoming that thing on my phone that, I, that is no longer in the hallowed, you know, cobwebs place where the apps, other apps that go and die go. Um, and I say this because the guests on today's show actually met her on Twitter, best believe it. I've been on Twitter since 2009, but I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not very quite, I don't get the concept. But every now and then I will stumble upon there and, you know, roam around the walls, and around the halls rather and try to see if there's anything that catches my interest longer than their, you know, limited characters. And so weeks ago, I stumbled upon um, this person's tweet. They actually retweeted a a picture apparently somebody had faced the holy bible and her comment was something around the fact that well you can flush it or grind it or do whatever you want to do to it but the words in those books are indestructible and wow so i do what every normal person does you click on their bio and i you know did like a quick content analysis of her tweets and i realized that, oh this person seems very bold about you know their relationship with god and just thought it was going to be a good fit to bring her to the show for that reason. And then uh, in talking to her, I mean, you don't have to even talk to her, just reading her post, you know that she has a special ministry, which we're going to explore a little bit of today. And her ministry really is get towards those that are single. So her name is Bidemi um, Babatunde, but she's also known as Bibli Lamo 04. And she's a minister of the gospel. She's all about sharing the good news to every man, woman, and child. And to the good news being God is not angry with you, that he expended all his anger in Jesus. She's passionate about helping believers grow in their full identity in Christ and drop the cloak of meaningless religiosity. 
<laughs> she was the best graduating student at the Bible College, the Standpoint Church Refinery. Shout out to them in 2018. When she's not sharing the gospel, you can find her on Twitter of managing fundraising and communications for a charity that helps children with autism in the greater Toronto area. Everyone join me in welcoming BB to the show. Yay. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I think let's just get started, you know. Um, and the title, well, the theme that I'd sent to BB to really talk about was the three S's, being single, being sent, and being satisfied. Um, I have a lot of single friends. I mean, I have friends who are single. Let me just put it that way. And I, they, they hold special places in my heart, not just because of their status as being single people now. We have core values, you know, things we believe in. And the ones that are really in my close circles are the ones that I know that. And I try to do this because you get to the point where you know that you need to hear the truth and you need to hear it, you know, as often as you need to hear it. Are those that I know that I'm not afraid to, like, call me out when, you know, things, when I do things that are not right. And quite a number of those people are single people. But um, I have, I mean, in talking to them, there's some things that, you know, comes out of our conversation. And that is just how, I mean, I grew up in Nigeria, as most of you know, it's how if you're single, you're kind of seen as someone that is not really complete. You know, you might have the degrees in the world. You might have a good house, fancy car. Um, yeah, making good money. But not, and I don't necessarily agree with that. And in talking to my single friends sometimes, um, and I try to like let them know, hey, you have this going for you. You're quite good at this. You're quite good at that. Sometimes it sounds like, well, you don't know what it's like because you're married. And that's why I think it's important to hear from, you know, the other side of the conversation so I decided to bring Bibi on the show because her ministry is towards, you know, women, especially in single women. So I just wanted to ask her, like, okay, um, what do you have to say about just maximizing your singleness as a single person? And how have you been able to do that, Bibi? Well, absolutely. Like being single for the longest time, it's, it's always as though you're being punished by God. And sometimes we think about being married as it as like, a blessing from God, fine, it's a blessing, but it's not very conditional on like who you are, how you behave or how God sees you or anything. So something I always do in my life and also talk to my friends about is like just trying to live life as though, like all those goals you write down, like I'm going to do this when I get married, I'm going to do that when I get married. Like how about you start doing those things now? Because the truth is, like, life waits for no one. Literally waits for nobody. And, like, aside from that, you have been called by God. You have a purpose. God has a purpose he has placed in your hands and all. And this purpose is not going to get activated all of a sudden when you get married. So living a purpose-driven life, chasing after what you've been placed to do, is also another way of, like, maximizing your singleness. Yeah. Yeah. Ask God, God, why am I even on this earth? What have you created me to do? Like, I always tell people, men and women alike, like, you aren't just born to go to school, get a job, get married, and yeah, babies. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's, yeah. that's not why you're here. There's, you've been called with a greater calling, and there's a lot you can do in, the, in that period. In fact, that period, that period of waiting, for those that want to get married, that period of waiting is like very important because it's a place where you learn how to discover yourself. You get to know Mm. yourself better Mm. because if you don't know yourself better, it's going to be a struggle trying to merge with another person because even though we have like different cultures, we also have like different individual cultures because you and someone might be like from the same country, speak the same language, but it doesn't mean like it's an automatic click on. Yeah, you have your individual culture, and if you don't know who you are, it's going to be difficult for you to like 
be honest and like relate to someone on a deeper level. You might even find yourself being fake, trying to fit into like the box of what they want and what they expect from you. Yeah. So singleness is it's such an amazing phase. It's such it's a phase to enjoy. It's not a phase of punishment. It's not a phase of crying of phase you have to intentionally enjoy and know that seasons times and seasons come and changes huh. and this season you're in now the, don't act like oh i'm missing out on something or yeah. they're wrong with me whereas it's a season where you have to enjoy and be present because this is the only time you would ever have to be single again after now you're gonna get married to someone and it's no longer about you it's about you and the person and the person do now yeah then and kids will come and it's no longer about you then it's like about children and everything so this phase is a phase that has to be maximized and enjoyed do all the things you want to do start discovering learning more about yourself start thinking about your future your goals when the right person does come there'll be an alignment there'll be an alignment of goals and visions and you can go for it it actually makes you a better person makes you more prepared so that way you don't get shaken or tossed on like wind trying to fit into someone's box yeah. when you already know who you are, when you're already grounded in your identity of who you are. So it's not a punishment. It's, it's a period of enjoyment. I like and that. I like that. That's, um, that's what I'm going to say, yeah. Well said. I like that. Uh, I, I like how you just talked about finding your purpose, you know. And just to add to that is that you wouldn't know your purpose if you haven't hinged your identity to something, you know, greater than you. And I hope it's going to be to God. Because your identity will be found in God and then your purpose will be birthed from that. And and I do get it. You know, I was single for just a little bit. But I do know that even when individuals try to see themselves in a different light, there's so many societal pressures, even familial pressures, even mm-hmm. from the church sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ah, you're something. There's always a clock, especially for the women. You're not married mm-hmm. yet. Is everything okay? You, you have to go and do deliverance or things like that. And mm-hmm. so I want to speak even to the churches as a whole that the Bible is replete with many examples of people that were, you know, that they didn't get married. And not necessarily saying that every single person is not going to get married. Some people marriage is not in their, you know, in their, in their what's, let me just say portion in this life and on this earth or whatever. And in your singleness, really, is that time you, you can actually be distraction-free. And perhaps if the church can change the, the, the messaging and be more intentional, I know I'm looking, looking at singleness or something that has to be prayed upon, and lead hands upon mm-hmm. because everybody has a purpose in the kingdom of God. Everybody has a purpose as part of the body of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. You can learn from the singles, the married can learn from the divorced or, and that chain doesn't have to be just one way. It can keep flowing. So exactly. churches need to, I mean, we strategize because sometimes when you go for the single pro, singles programs and I haven't, even when I was single, I, I, I didn't go to a lot of them. I'll say it's almost like if you're looking for a husband, come and stand, let's pray, let's pray the way. And that begins to like eat into the psyche of, you know, especially women, because, you know, what the ones they always lay hands upon, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, if I'm, not single, if I'm not married now, there's something wrong with me. And so, and I'm glad you said that, because I wanted to just be sure that I wasn't just coming from a place of privilege being married. But these are some of the things mm-hmm. I always wouldn't believe before I got married. And so before I got married, it was very important for me to do some things. I, you know, I went on solo trips. I went on, um, I got on the bus literally and then went, on, went, went to another country with my friend. I did. I tried to fill in as many things I, as I wanted to do with the resources I had, and now that I'm married, I don't see marriage as something that has stopped me. You know, fine. There's some limitations I have in that I can't just up and leave. I have to like you know talk to this person that I'm married to and see how you know we can move our schedule around to like you know help the other person. But that said, I, my dream hasn't ended. It's even more amplified. Mm-hmm. 
because I married somebody that shares those dreams with me and wants me to get my dreams accomplished the same way I share his dreams and I want his dreams to be accomplished. And that's what marriage should be like. It shouldn't be like a, it's not, it's not heaven, like per se, per mm-hmm. se. You make it heaven if you want to make it heaven. And you can make it hell if you want to make it hell. But marry somebody that would buy into your vision. So you don't see marriage as something that is the last bus stop. No. And singleness is not mm-hmm. purgatory. You're not waiting to get into heaven like marriage. And so I hope that mm-hmm. it helps somebody to remember that you already bought with a price, you know, being, and these are for believers. So if you're not a believer, I still hope you can still get something from it. If you're, if you're called by Christ, if you belong to the body of Christ, know that you're already, you're enough, you know, cause God loves, loves you so much, loves you so, loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And that's, that's all, that's all you just need. I mean, just thinking about how someone loves you that much is enough. Everything else is just like, you know, an condiment or so. Additional. Might I add, might I add something yes. to yes. your, your chain of thought? So yeah, um, I have a friend. When she got married, she was it with that moment of like, okay, now I'm married. What is next? And it was kind of a struggle. That phase was a struggle phase for her, being a newlywed. And she was like, all my life has kind of everything in my life has kind of lived up to this very moment of getting married. And now I'm married. What is really next? What do I have going on for myself? Yep. And some kind of like this, this satisfaction crept in. Cause then like she wanted, she was demanding for my husband uh-huh. what she needed to demand for my relationship with God. Uh-huh. She wanted her husband to like feel all this, the holes, spaces and mm-hmm. vacuums and the holes and everything. Because I mean, imagine from the age you're like two, they've all told you like, marry, 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 marry. And finally you got married and you thought it was going to be like a, wow, this oh is my. This is all I get. <laughs> exactly. I want my money back. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. like, it, it kind of goes back to that thing of like, have your own thing. Have your thing going for yourself. So yeah. when you meet the person and the person has their own thing going, like going for them as well, and you come together to become one, there would not be any like sense of like dissatisfaction in the old dynamics of things. It's like, okay, now we're married. This is the next thing we're doing. It's not like, oh, we got married. I thought all my problems were just going to like vacuum and all my issues were going to go away and everything I've ever worried about would like disappear because I got married. So it kind of ties back to like as single people, single men, single women, Women, we have to find something, something that we can do. Many of us, like you said, as believers, we inch that something on our relationship with Christ and what we want to do, yeah. our ministry, how we work out our purpose and whatever is placed into our lives. So that way you never get to that stage of now what and you're dissatisfied and you expected everything, but now this is what you get. You get reality and you're kind of like taken aback, like, oh my goodness, yeah. where do I start from? So no one ever gets into that kind of situation. It's just best for you to start living a purpose-driven life mm-hmm. and discovering more about yourself. So I just wanted to like pop that in there as you are. Uh, thank you. I, I totally agree with you. And I also would like to add that um, singleness is a gift because the moment you have right now, if God calls you into marriage, you're not going to be able to replicate it again. Because like I said, you're going to marry this person. And if you depend on the kind of culture you marry into, you're marrying the whole family, their business becomes yours, right? And mm-hmm. but with this gift you have right now, you can be able to invest in yourself. You know, you're, you have flexibility. Like, one beautiful thing about being single, which I envy, and I want to say so, it's why my friends that are, you know, not yet married, you're spontaneous. Who do we want to hang out with, you know, on a Friday night if we don't have anybody? Our single friends. And we like that, that you can just, not like, you know, not in a selfish way. I don't want to make it sound that selfish. 
but your spontaneity to just up and go. A lot of married people envy that because they don't have that anymore. Even if they wanted to go off on their own, they're not able to. And so being able to maximize that time, you know, to do things for yourself, man, you can use that to bless others and invest in the lives of others around you, right? And so mm. that's one. And I think another gift is you can use that opportunity to know yourself, your boundaries, you know, emotionally mature. And this is not just the women, by the way. This, is, this goes to both males and females. And you can practice selflessness when you're still alone. Because being alone, especially for those that have like a bit of upward mobility, you know, a little bit of, you know, um, disposable income, you have your car, you have your house, you have everything going for you. You can buy whatever you want. By the time you're married, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. And it might cause a lot of friction between you and that person, depending on how just resources are being divided. So this might be a time for you to even learn financial responsibility. I'm not making assumptions that single mm. people are not financially responsible. But what is it like? Like almost like training yourself. What is it like to be thoughtful of, and mindful of others? Perhaps you have like little cousins or little sisters or people around you that you can just be investing in their life. Maybe take your friend's kids out, you know, on for, for an ice cream date and be like their godparents or um, things like that. Just practice how to get somebody in your space and what that's going to be like because those are some of the tools that's going to help you when you're in a marriage because you're supposed to work together with this person you and that person are supposed to work together to bring out the best god wants to bring out in both of you through both of you mm, absolutely it's interesting that you mentioned that because i know someone once told me that oh as a christian you think you have like the fruit of the spirit but you don't know until you get married to someone and now you have to really exhibit that fruit of the spirit like you always thought you were kind you thought you were patient but no no boo now <laughs> you're married and you, you have to keep you like it's going to be tested it's going to be tested every so day exactly every day every minute i mean oh my goodness it's going to be tested so if you've not started doing those things started working out with your fruit of the spirit because as a single person we're like very easy to cut people off like oh she did this like bye that kind of like, exactly life moves on like oh yeah find a new friend but then it's an opportunity for you to start being more patient and more loving with your friends yeah. your family i know it's like single millennials like many of us especially the ones that you don't leave home anymore you have your job you have your car you have everything going you're kind of like oh yeah you're kind of like slipping away from like your relationship with your parents and your family and like because you're independent so you don't really you're not really on that exactly exactly this this is like a good time to start practicing patience if it's your mom that calls and she wants to have a long conversation try and have the conversation with her it's that extra kindness someone pissed you off and like knowing fully well your normal self you'd be like you know what i'm done i don't want to ever talk to you again yeah but how about you flip it and be like you know what let me try let me test my fruit of the spirit let me Mm. test my loveliness let me test my patience my conflict resolution skills my assertiveness my my communications emotional intelligence yeah yeah let me test all these things let me start putting it to practice because when the person does come the man or the woman when they do come you have to use all these things and it's not just gonna be like it's not gonna be bestowed on you as soon as you do it's not like god will just release like take my son take my daughter receive loving patience long suffering kindness take all these things because you're now you're married no it's what you've worked out is what you've practiced is what you've put to test before you get to that stage that you'll be able to bring out and be like you know what i've been doing this patience thing a lot with my friends and my family i think i can do it i can do it with this man or i can do it with this one you're not just going to be like i can't take this 
agree. Because if I you agree. look at like relationships and like marriages and things that broke up and couldn't work, it, it all went down to someone saying, you know what, I I'm can't take that. I'm done. Yeah. I can't yeah. take that. But then again, it's for us to start thinking about these things. Like when you look about look at everything Jesus took, every single thing. I mean, he even asked God and said, Can this cup pass over me? Yeah. But he still took everything. That shows that you have the capacity to take things as well. Well, except in maybe like in dangerous situations where there's like physical abuse oh, and your life no, is in danger. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, of course. Yeah, that, that, make that's those exemptions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that's a standard exemption. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I would say, they say I should stay in my marriage. I'm like, no, just didn't hear from this show. <laughs> please, please. Just, yeah, just take yourself out of, if it's a dangerous situation, yeah, take help. yourself out of Here's it. Here's a sign yeah. if you're waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm just saying like, if you have to do with like emotional stuff in relationships, it's about pushing yourself and pushing your boundaries i'll be like you know what i can take this yeah but then again it's good that you say you can take it it's good having that self-awareness that i can take this then now you know a most three stage of do i want to take it or not because uh. it's a different thing to be able to like take it and like choose to or not choose to. but yeah i never have like a closed mind to like I can never take that oh I'm done start taking things like Jesus took everything for you when you were dead in sin and you didn't know what you were doing and you're acting a fool all over the place it took it so absolutely you can do you can do the same and I, and I also I, I, sorry and I also like into the fact that whatever you're doing right now before like as a yet to be married person it's going to prepare you a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is like we said, like we made that distinction. It's not just to the women and we're speaking to even males and females. It's going to help you enough, enough because when things come up in your marriage, you're going to have a lot of challenges. It's not about how, how best you're going to move forward. It's what have you stored in yourself before you got married? What are you going to draw from? Mm. Do you have anything deposited there? If they were to like take stock of it, like emotional intelligence, um, just persevering, fighting together, you know, just pushing things through. If you haven't tested yourself in those kind of situations, it might be a lot difficult, mm. you know, in marriage. And that's even assuming that the other person has also done their own assignment. Now, imagine both of you unprepared, you know, um, floating across the shores of life without a paddle, without mm. just, you know, your boat is leaking. What's going to happen? You know, so I think the, the singleness life is something that, that can be really maximized. And I hope that Absolutely. it's a message that can be, you know, meant to be more balanced, especially less emphasis on the women like trying to find somebody to marry them and also for the man mm-hmm. also emotionally preparing the man as well and mentally preparing them to be the head of the house to be the man of the house to be you know mm-hmm. married as well yeah yeah it's important it's interesting that you mentioned that emotional side because you see like a lot of like the way men uh most men are like brought up is to be passive and just let things go and like or not even in a healthy do this for me do this for me you know exactly yeah. so it's just also just a time to learn and like try to connect to people emotionally there's nothing wrong with being at home emotionally like you don't have to be stoic all the time and like oh nobody's home there are no emotions like it's totally fine it's absolutely fine to have emotions and want to connect to people and like, don't just sweep things off the carpet. If something is wrong, have a conversation about it. Then conflict resolution. Don't just like, Oh, I don't want to talk about this. I'm going to sweep it under the carpet. I'll be better. Cause each time you sweep things under the carpet, it just makes the carpet get higher and higher until someone trips. Yeah. And that's trouble. So yeah, that. just, yeah, just 
grow it's it's oh my god it's a beautiful face it's a it's a beautiful face that no one should be frustrated or about no one should be like oh I'm, i feel like god is punishing me by making me single single yeah yeah no like it's 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 wonderful like you would never have this kind of phase again at this stage you are at this age so that's something to always think about like let me maximize and enjoy enjoy what i have right now because once it's gone it's gone i agree and and just leave leave radically like because mm-hmm. there's so much you're gonna get so much freedom to explore the boundaries of your life like live your life radically and richly in christ not recklessly mm-hmm. though you know with no, of that kind so. of liberty doesn't mean you should be flippant about it but mm-hmm. you know just go as far as you can go um volunteer in communities volunteer in churches don't spread yourself too thin though you know just mm-hmm. take a mission to yes, yes yes i went to syria alone i went to so many places in nigeria like mm-hmm. even though i was I, I didn't know all of these things then but I'm just, I'm glad that I was guided, you know, by God to like do some of this because it's really helped me to even keep on this current work, you know, in my podcast because I was able to see more people just have that passion, that burning passion for those that are, you know, needing in the community. That's one of the things single life would do for you. Another thing I wanted to also say and also hear your thoughts on BB is, so I believe that before you start running a race or a marathon, whatever, you need to like train for it. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's maybe just watching how runners have, the ones that won, how they move, their skills, like observing them, or even like going there on the track and training yourself. And so I'm an advocate that spend, as a single person, spend time, in addition to spending time with your single friends, also spend time with your, your married friends. See how they fight. Like, see mm-hmm. how they relate. See how, get, get an idea of what a toxic marriage looks like or a healthy marriage looks like. Because you can learn alike from the both and the, from the good and the bad. And if you get that privilege, you won't be able to be a part of their conversation. Ask questions. Be bold. I was I talked about this on Facebook the other day. I met up with my friend here in Maryland, and was my husband and and her. We've been friends, you know, for for a while, and we just met up. It's been a while. I met. We saw we saw her, and she, you know, while we're eating, and we we go deep, like we talk about you know deep psychological stuff and philosophical philosophical questions, and she just throws it out. By the way, how do you guys fight, and what do you guys fight about? And I thought to myself, huh, no one has ever asked me that question before. I was taken aback, but it was in a, in a pleasant way. I didn't think she was trying to be interested. And I, and I honestly like, answered her. And my husband you know, answered her as well. And at the end of the day, she goes like, but that sounds silly. I'm like, funny you mentioned it. But in our circle of conversation, we've been fighting about this for many years. It's the same pattern of you know, communication issues we have. You know, um, I don't feel hurt sometimes. He doesn't feel like, you know, he, it's just like silly stuff. But just hearing a third person, you know, hear us out was like, how silly of us. And I appreciated that perspective so much so that I went on Facebook and I shared that just to encourage people that those are some of the questions people can ask. Like, how do you fight? And do you guys fight fair? Like, what's your fight, like your fighting technique? Because in marriage, I mean, there's a little bit of spar that goes on. Like, you want to assert yourself. But what are you fighting about? Like, those are some of questions that, you know, someone asked me as a married person. And it got me thinking. And I like to say that it's helped me think a lot, even now when, even when there's a conflict in my marriage, I try to look at my tactics and, and see them through, like, am I doing this right? Or am I just trying to prove that I'm right? And I want to thank that friend oh. for that. So that's one of the benefits of being single because it was a win-win situation. She got to hear my uh, takes on it. And through, by her asking us that question, I got to think a lot as well. And I'm sure my husband did. So uh, that's one of my you know, suggestions, like spending time with my, your married friends. I don't know if you had any thoughts about it. Oh, absolutely. I think it's such a good idea. In the sense that, oh, like, 
when you ask this question, you learn stuff. You learn stuff. It gets really interesting about like the things you can learn. Because I mean, like some of the conversations I've had with like my sisters, well, I'm married. Circles around, oh yeah, when you have a fight and you're trying to vent and everything, be very mindful you vent about. Because at that point in time, you're angry. You're angry with what your spouse has done. And you just want to vent. You just want to tell somebody. Yeah, so but then just have that, uh-huh. yeah, just have in the back of your mind that this person you're telling is human. Is human. And after you and your spouse, you've made up and everything is fine, they can be holding a grudge against your spouse without I'm you knowing. <laughs> because you wanted to vent and like let something out so yeah. yeah i think it's a good thing it's a good thing to hear what friend like what friends and family have to like say especially the married ones especially like the mistakes they've made but something i would also like to note is that everything people say every advice every gist they give you you gotta filter it like through your personal filter through the future of Christ. Because I mean, we've heard stories now, oh, like, oh, this lady went for like a women's conference. And at the women's conference, oh, they told her to do this, that, that, that when she gets home. And she got home and she tried to do for her husband. And her husband was like, wait, what? Are you possessed? What is wrong with you? But that was actually she was trying to apply something that worked in some other person's relationship oh, wow. to her own situation. And that didn't work out fine. Because number one, you have to remember that you're completely unique. So each time you hear that kind of gist from like a married friend, I've been back of them and like, I'm unique. Whoever I end up with is also going to be unique. It's not going to be exactly the same as my friend's husband. I'm not exactly the same as my friend. So it's just best to like filter it and like pick out what you can pick out. It's don't copy it as like the manual. It's not the Bible. It's not, it's, it's not the guide for like how to live life. It's just for like ideas. It's for ideas. I mean, you will hear things that people would say to you that sound good, but at the end of the day, they might not even be godly. They might but not be what? godly. They might not be. And sometimes they even know the intentions of this person. You trust mm-hmm. them, but are they trustworthy enough? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. you have to be very careful. And 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 I think just have that spirit of discerning because it's mm, not just absolutely. everybody I go out there and, you know, talk about my marriage, you know, <laughs> conflicts with. But we do have mm-hmm. a particular friend and she's someone I've known her since I was 16. So we've come a long way. She's seen the phases of me, I mean, as a teenager and up until now, and I have seen her that way as well. And luckily for us, my husband also likes her, so we're, we're very good friends. And so when we have, I'm, number one, I don't believe in that axiom or whatever that says no third parties in marriages. I think it's a lie from the pit of hell. I don't know who started that, but that's not true. And so when we have, you know, some, maybe scuffles that require like a third person, objective person, guess who we call? Our friend. And I've asked her many times, I know this is awkward and you shouldn't have to do this. Whenever it's, it's uncomfortable for you, let me know. I don't want to be that friend that always just calls you. And I, I mean, we talk about other things. I don't try to bother her. But apparently she doesn't mind. She actually enjoys being, just being that third objective person. And I'll tell you this, even though sometimes I might be the first person that calls, if I need to be told straight about what I did wrong, she doesn't mean words. I don't find it comfortable all the time when she tells me I'm wrong because I'm like, oh, but I was your friend first. But there's something she always says, I've known you for a while. And I know why you said that. I know why it was easy for you to do that. But do you imagine, can you not realize why it must have hurt you know, your husband in this way? Or why you saying that way wasn't the right way? And so I appreciate that wisdom. And it's, I can, she's the only person I know that I can go with and talk about my husband. And I don't you know, say everything, like you know, all the minor details. Mm-hmm. So when, mm-hmm. things, when things get heated like that, I try to take a hot second for myself to distill the anger because when you go there, even with this person that is so gracious and, you know, she's, you know, she, I respect her. She respects me. She's very respectful of my spouse as well. 
I don't want to just go with the hot stuff and just, you know, dump it in her, in her lap because you never know. So you still have to be very careful who you're going to tell your, you know, your, your spouse's business to, mm-hmm. because they might give you the advice, but you, you could have sown a seed that can lead to just them looking at you in a different way. And it's just, you know, just be, just be very careful and be very discerning. I know some things God can help you tackle them. They don't necessarily mean that every time you have to go talk. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that because then it kind of plays also into like having like an accountability partner. Because something I always stress to people, especially women, because men can can be somehow, I'm going to explain myself in a bit. It's like if you're looking to date someone, like is there someone that they look up to, that they respect, that they answer to? Because I mean, you don't want to end up with someone that they can be acting out and you can even say, like oh, a demigod. exactly. You can, yeah. you can even say, Oh, if you keep doing that, I'm going to report you to blah, blah, blah. And they'll be like, oh, okay. I probably should behave myself. Cause I don't want to, I don't want this person to like come at me or anything. Mm. Like an accountability partner or someone that you look up to is very, very important. Cause if you like, just like you said, if you just end up with someone that doesn't fear anybody, doesn't re- regard anybody, yeah, like they can do and undo, they can do whatever they like, knowing fully well, like oh, there's nobody they listen to, or yeah. no one even like have the guts like come at. It's them, just like, dangerous. It's so dangerous. Do. It's it just it's, it's a it's a it's a huge signal for it's a strong predictor of something that you cannot even fix. Flag. Yeah, yeah, it is a red flag, and all the colors of the rainbow. And and I've had you know I've had some friends that you know when they when they have issues I'm like, can you talk to somebody that your husband? Can you talk to somebody that we don't have anybody? You mean, all along you guys were dating, you never even found out. How about his mom? They don't listen. He doesn't listen to them. In fact, they they fear him. Uh no, his dad or his dad. Maybe sometimes the dad is not in the picture, or maybe the dad is late. And 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 it's so troublesome because who do you go to? I mean, God is God is sovereign and all that. And but who do who do you go to for this person? So that's for the mm-hmm. sisters, especially for the sisters. Ask those questions when you before you start, you know, getting that ring and getting all married. Find out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're even asking. It's about finding out who does this person respect, who do they hold in in, in high esteem and all that. Yeah, and for the brothers too as well. Like if, if you currently don't have someone that you hold in high esteem, it's not too late to start finding that person. It can be a mentor. It can be your pastor it can be anybody like you can go to them and be like i want to have this kind of relationship with you yeah. i want you to like help me and guide me and like i'm going to give you respect we're going to respect each other and all of that so because yeah. it's very important you know you don't want to be a ticking time bomb like everyone should be accountable to someone yeah everyone should be accountable to someone that's just how it's meant to be because as human beings we tend to like act off sometimes mm-hmm. and you can't start remembering like oh yeah if this person finds out i'm doing this this person will be very very disappointed and like i don't want them to find out so let me behave it's healthy too. And it's also especially important the, the higher you go in life, like the more um, successful you become. Because there are more yes men trying to tell you things that you want to hear than mm-hmm. people that want to tell you the truth. So just a, a note out there. And in addition to that, in addition to spending time with your married friends, taking notes, I'm very gracious about the kind of questions you ask. Some questions can be, you know, right off putting. So make sure you're not just coming from a place of curiosity to see some things, but you really want to learn. Also spend time with yeah. your not, not yet married people. Um, because you, you're both on the same mission in a way, your, your, your desire, which is a good desire. If you want to get married, it's a good desire. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about that. Be exactly. proud about that desire. It's like, you know, p- people wanting to have kids. Like I still say, I have desire to have kids. Um, so don't, don't let anybody, I mean, that, that aside, spend time with your not yet married friend, like, because you can find them and invest in the same things. You can even talk to them, find out like some best practice, practice tips. Like how do you get over this loneliness? I'm on a Friday night. 
you guys can even go out and do stuff together. You can travel together, you know, serve on mission trips together and things like that because you want to live a balanced, rich life in such a way that when you get married, it's not going to be like, wow, you know, all this wow. I thought, you know, or maybe all the time that you know that you're just letting lay fallow, you wish you could have them back. You know, there shouldn't be that much difference. There's a difference when you get married, but it should be so significant that you start looking back like saying, I wish. So here's another tip for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's time to kind of ask you this question. And it's a little bit, um, what's the word? I'm just going to go ahead and ask you because you might keep trying to. Shoot. You know. <laughs> is is this um this there's, there's so much out there this I mean take for example everything is sexualized ads uh, a perfume ad there's sex everywhere and I believe I believe that you know sex is I mean sex is a beautiful thing fine I'm mean, agreed and I believe that it needs a boundary and a boundary of safety a boundary of of love a boundary of just full expression and that boundary I define as marriage not because of what I what I think but the Bible. I go with the Bible. So how do you, as a single person, living, and I know it's changing because you just got engaged, so congratulations on that, by the way. <laughs> just make sure you invite me to the wedding. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's how do you avoid temptations? And how do you keep yourself um, away from, basically, how do you avoid sexual temptations, given that there's so many things abound that can easily distract you from your mission as a single person? Oh wow, that's such a that's such a valid question right now. It's such a valid question because I do have people that I'm like helping and like talking to about this issue of like porn and masturbation and loneliness and all of these feelings that go through the human body, which they're like completely normal feelings. Like God gave it to us for a reason. And it's interesting that I mentioned, and like a lot of times I have conversation with people, I try to get to the root of it. Like you got to know yourself, like what triggers you? Mm. Everyone trigger. And these days on social media, like it's nude pictures and nude videos and like suggestive things every time, every time. So at least trying to, and a couple of people actually told me that it's social media that triggers them a lot. And it's being intentional and not being afraid to block, mute, things like that, things mm. that trigger you. If you can do like a, like a, a track, like a, just look back in the day and be like, okay, what triggered me on this certain day that led me to this certain action? Mm. If you can identify your triggers and like shut them down, cut them off. That's also, that's something that helps. Another thing that helps me personally is going back to my identity in Christ. Mm. In the sense that I know many people, like when they do make a mistake and do something they were not meant to do, they tend to stay there and not leave. And it's also, I'm going to go spiritual on you right here. Oh, go ahead, girl, also, you go there. <laughs> it's also because the devil thrives on things like that. I mean, I talk to people and tell them, like, God is not angry with you. And they be like, oh, even when I sin, I think God is angry with me. And I'm like, no, God is not angry with you. He expended all his anger on Jesus on the cross. Mm. But the thing is now, devil still uses that and capitalizes on it. Like, okay, you made the mistake. 
God is angry with you. He doesn't want to have any business with you. It, try, it starts telling you these lies. And it's like, oh, why do you even have to go back? There's no need to go back to being right and doing, living right and doing all this. Stuff. God is already angry with you. There's no need. Just stay. Just stay in this phase. So you see people staying in that phase and like believing the lies of the devil. You even start hearing some of them saying like, oh, I'm addicted to sex. Oh, I'm a nymphomania. Oh, I'm addicted to porn and yeah. masturbation. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I want to like shake them. And they're like, oh. Fear you. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are in Christ? How can you be born of God and God that's overcome the world and you're saying you're addicted to these things that are beneath you? No, this is just the lie of the devil. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If God has overcome everything through Jesus, nothing should be able to hold you down except you give you the power. So you kind of know like, okay, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I made a yeah. mistake. Yeah. I'm going back to God. And like, we're seeing proof. The Bible says it made he who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ. So we're sinful. If you make a mistake, you bounce back up. You bounce back up. You bounce back up. And you just keep going. Just keep going. You know, you're pressing on the mark. You're staying focused on Christ. That's who you're looking at, the author and the finisher of your faith. So you just have to keep being focused on Christ. You make a mistake. You bounce back up. Don't even try to dwell on the mistake. Don't try to dwell on the mistake because it's in that dwelling you get into trouble. It's in that dwelling you entertain lies from the devil, lies that try to trap you in that situation, the situation that you've overcome as a virtue of being a Christian. So that's just the thing. So always remember Romans 8 verse 1, therefore there is now no condemnation Condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So don't stay there. Don't stay there. I'm just saying this because there might be someone out there that maybe you have issues. I'm not going to call it an addiction because no one that is born again as an addiction. It's, I'm not, I, I refuse to accept it. I refuse I'm to argue against that, but go ahead. <laughs> no, whatever, it's that prerogative. That's fine. I, received, I refuse to accept it. So if you have an issue with um, premarital sex, masturbation, porn, and everything, you got to remember who you are in Christ and stay grounded on that. You've been re- redeemed. You've been justified. And when you talk about justification, justification is God sees you like you've never made a mistake before and you're always right because you've put on Christ. That's how it sees you. So how about you start seeing yourself that way? And when you, it's all about a mind shift. It's all about a mind shift. You've been saved by grace. Your spirit has been saved. Your mind has to continue being saved through the process of sanctification. So guys, read your Bible and pray because you got to do these things. If you're not reading your Bible, it's difficult for your mind to get renewed in your mind to get sanctified. So you gotta keep under, you gotta keep understanding who you are and keep going back to it. Kind of like be like that thirsty, that deer that panted for water. Just keep going back. Just keep going back. And just don't I don't even joke. I don't joke with like daily affirmations and confessions. You gotta speak these words out into the atmosphere. John six sixty three talks about the words that we speak, their spirit and their life. So you got to keep saying this. Keep telling yourself, God is not angry with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God, Jesus has overcome the world. I've overcome the world. Sin has no power over me. Masturbation has power, no power over me. Premarital sex has no power over me. Pornography has like, keep feeding your mind this thing. Yeah. And I think I just, sorry, go ahead. Oh, as I'm just saying like, as the world is feeding you these things and trying to feed you, Oh, sex and porn and everything, trying to feed it to you as like, oh, it's the norm. Like, oh, you see um, 
quote and unquote, I say quote and unquote because I don't believe those things. Quote and unquote mm. things. I'll be like, oh yeah, masturbation is fine. Well, I'm watching porn. It's fine. It's okay. It doesn't do anything. Because I'm like, as the word is feeding you that you got to be feeding your mind with the things, the things that God says. You got to be feeding your mind with those things and like telling yourself like, okay, I can overcome this. I am greater than this. And I also have like practical steps of like abstaining from primitive sex. I was about to say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you can get an accountability partner. You can. They have apps yeah. that blocks. You can block stuff on your phone. Absolutely. Um, I had a friend that was going through that as well, and she confided in me. And you know, I we prayed together, and every week we're like, okay, what happened this week? And sometimes she would, you know, fall off the cracks. But we talked about what are your triggers. And apparently, mm-hmm. it's when she's alone, you know, mm-hmm. and the TV is on. And so it's like, okay, when you're alone, why not watch TV? Rather than watching TV why not watch TV with somebody else? Like maybe your, your roommate or something like that. And slowly, by slowly, slowly, slowly she overcame that. And of course with the place of prayers, mm-hmm. because these things are easier said, I'm just going to muscle through it. These are real issues. They're not things that, you know, South Park and mull it over. Mm-hmm. So you I need us, you need a supreme being, you need us, the sovereignty of God to like, you know, fill it in because what really happens is this, this, I feel like that's a time for you to even, Soak yourself more in the word of God and in prayer of God and, and in prayers because your body is longing for something, you know. So mm. even if you find yourself, you know, caving to the temptation, remember God still loves you. Just go back and ask for more grace. And talk the Holy Spirit too is also a very practical tip. You can talk to him. Even before mm, you absolutely. see those signs of, you know, those triggers, you can be like, God help me today. I don't want to see anything that's gonna just make me go there. And he always comes true. Like I, I want to believe he's even a she, but that's another argument for another day. But the Holy Spirit always comes true because you just have to invite him in, invite them in. Because I don't know the gender, but I want to think it's a female because oh, it's so helpful. Don't worry, don't worry about the gender. Yes, we're all spirit beings. We're all spirit beings. All this gender stuff is just for us to exist on earth. Like, aside from that, we're all spirit. So I, I can see the masculine, the masculine part of it and then the feminine mm-hmm. part of it. But let me just yeah. use the whole, the whole space quite helpful. You just have to know. You know. And then have somebody you can be accountable to. Like, talk to somebody yeah. about it. Find somebody you can open up to and let them know this is what I'm, you know, struggling with. I need help. I need someone to be accountable for me. You know, I'm, I need someone I can be accountable to for this kind of problem I'm going through. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, I, yeah, it's a real problem. It's it's a real thing. It really exists. And I, just to anyone listening out there, if you're going through it, like don't be ashamed to talk to someone. Find someone. I know if you're at the verge of like talking to someone, I know the devil can be telling you like, oh, this person's gonna laugh at you because the public you get you have your life figured out. Uh-huh. And, Oh, they want to believe that you that you sing in church or you that you, you exactly. pray on people exactly. your hands on them. Exactly. Uh-huh. You you're lifting up holy ends in church and you're going through this. No, don't let the devil don't let the devil like convince you into keeping these things. Because whatever is kept in the dark thrives. You gotta you gotta expose these things. Expose it to someone you can trust and let them know that you need help. Because that's I know you read in my bio, that's something about like religiosity. Like we're trained to do the right thing, know the right thing, and Just break the way, break the, break the way. Exactly, you know? yeah. but that's not the reality. Like that's not the reality. We can only act for so long. We can only wear our nice dresses, our blazers, our ill, our shoes to church on Sunday. I act like everything is fine, but that's that's not it. It's the the question 
work is not about acting and doing and all these things because there are people that are really suffering from issues like this and because of how much really like how much religiosity we've been trained to act like i'm proud it's difficult for them to come out and be like this is my issue yeah and so yeah i just want to encourage someone if that's what you're going through reach out to someone talk to them yeah and also before you reach out to them just pray and let the holy spirit to lead you yes talk yes, to yes so that way you don't because god forbid you reach out to someone and you're met with criticism and judgment and like condemnation that would not that would not really help your situation so I just agree. pray to god before you go to someone and and, yeah. and if somebody opens up to you and you judge them or you malign them or you start telling people about what you heard in confidence more power to you okay just be careful out be- there We'll be praying special prayers for you and laying hands on you for that your mom. Exactly. So if you're even able to (laughs) to help this person, just let me know. I'm I'm thank I I thank you for opening up to me, but I have no capacity to help you. But I can pray for you and then keep them going. But don't go and open up and ah, but this this friend I used to sing in church or or this brother is an usher. Guess what? Hey, I share his me one king. You know, sister, brother of God. You know, better watch out. I think along that line. So we talked about masturbation, but I think also sex as well. Like. I feel like sometimes yeah. in outside of the boundaries of marriage, it can be cloud a lot of people's judgment in such a way oh. that you're in a situation <laughs> where you shouldn't be in. But because the sex is good, sisters or brothers, you just get clouded like, you know. But I, okay, let me just, that's, I feel like, yeah, like I said, sex is a beautiful thing and requires boundaries. So when you're enjoying it mm-hmm. maritally, I feel like you might even cloud your sense of judgment in such a way that you might not no, be that's that's the fact. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm glad you I'm glad you agree because I've known I was trying to flip a table somewhere that but let's just arrange this table back. But I, mm-hmm. I just wanna I wanted to even hear your opinion about you know premarital sex and also the impact it might have on your spouse or your spouse to be or just even entering into a relationship with a person or not even getting out of a relationship with this person that you're yoked with mm-hmm. when you know that you shouldn't be with this person in the first place. Yeah. That's the thing. The thing about premarital sex, number one, is that it clouds your judgment. All the signs you ought to be seeing about this person, it's very easy for you to just sweep it under the carpet because you're having sexual relations with this person already. And it's, it's just very, very easy because you might not even say it was something you're doing consciously. So most times it's after the fact, you're like, oh my God, when I saw these signs, why didn't I, why didn't I say anything? It's because you obviously couldn't say anything because you're having sex and your mind was, your judgment was being clouded and all of that. And also, like we talk about like soul ties too as well. Yeah. Like it makes it so much more difficult because it's like when you get married to someone, like intimacy is very, very major. It's very like it's a it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. I know people that they've slept with so many people and they like just have like this mental log, backlog of like different people in their mindset. So it's difficult for them to connect with who they get married to because of all the activities that they've done and they've not even like taken time to kind of like broken the soul that they developed yeah. those people. Yeah. So then you're carrying all this baggage into your relationship. You're therefore having intimacy issues. And also just to note again, like I know they say stolen water is a sweet, but trust me, like self-control, abstinence, discipline is very, very important. Because if you both can really wait, wait for God, honor God with your body and wait till your wedding night, you're not going to have any issues when you get married and someone has to travel for a month. 
maybe someone works off, off-site and person has to travel for a month. You'll be going crazy and be like, oh my God, what are you doing? Are they controlling themselves sexually? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Because you know that you both waited. You both chose to wait. So like, if you could wait till you got married, of course you can keep waiting afterwards and keep choosing each other over and over again. But yeah, sex clouds judgment. Trust me, those people that are already in that situation, yeah. mm-hmm. like, this is absolutely not to condemn you. I think this is actually a wake-up call to encourage you and let you know that you can actually do it. You can stop. Both of you can actually stop and be like, you know what? Let's wait. I respect you. I want to build something real, something meaningful with you, something that would last and weather the storm. Let's stop. And if either of you people, if either of you cannot like stop for some specific reason or whatever, I feel like it's just a time to go back to the drawing board and like re-strategize. Like, what do I really want for my life? What do I really want from a relationship? Talking from like the Christian point of view, you got to know that the person God has created for you, the person that you're going to end up with wants, like would want to do things the right way. We want to do things the Christ way. So yeah. just know it's don't settle. You can do this. Like you can do it. You're going to have all the sex you can after you get married or not whichever situation you find yourself in but yeah you can do it you can absolutely take a pause if you're both christians and you've kind of found yourself in this situation you can rededicate your relationship to god and ask holy spirit to guide you you can find accountability partners to report yourselves to and be like okay this is what we've been doing but now we're taking a joint decision to stop this we want to take our relationship serious want to take it to the next level so there are many things you can do you many things to just self-regulate and put yourself back on track yeah and also have an accountability person you know um and i wish the church would talk more about sex and masturbation and not in because i don't think they talk about it enough i wish they could talk about it you know you know in a way that can shine on i mean the inherent goodness of it but also the the joy in waiting and the joy in just expressing it fully where it's supposed to be expressed. I feel like we don't do enough of that. And I think some of the things that talking about women, you're trying to condemn or judge people. You know, like Bibi mm. said, this is not a place to judge you or condemn you and be like, we're holier than thou. No. But just imagine, before you get married, you can't take your hands off of each other. But when you get married, it becomes, ah, I have a headache today. Two weeks later, ah, not in the mood. I'm tired, you know. Why do you think sex is, it was the sex that you, you were just doing like nonstop, whatever, before you got married, it's now becoming something that is almost like a scarce commodity in, in the marriage. Why do you think that is? Because the devil knows that it's, it's such a powerful tool that should bind people together, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the right kind of boundaries. So just, just, you know, just a suggestion out there. And I know most people are not angry, but like I said, find out from the Bible what, what God has to say about sex. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think the last question I wanted to ask you before we leave with this, because I have friends that are not yet married. And one of the things we mourn about together, I've had, you know, some of them will, will just talk and with tears at some of the things they go through at the hands of supposedly Christian brothers. And so I want to ask you this. Why do you think Christian men are less likely to come into marriage these days? Yeah. What's going on? It's interesting that you state that because I don't know, it's not really something I've, I'm like used to, but something I know is that many times we don't take a, like we don't spend time in a talking phase. You met someone two weeks later, you're already in a relationship with them. And I'm like, why, why are you in a relationship with someone you met two weeks ago? Like we don't, we don't enjoy the talking phase in Nigeria. We call it the talking phase. I think in the Western world, they call it the dating phase. Mm-hmm. Like getting to know each other, see, are your values aligned? Keep it casual, keep it, Come on, keep it easy. Just talk, talk.
talk, talk, ask questions, get to know each other. Even see if both of you want to get into a relationship. Because someone actually said this thing, like a relationship is a ship, which is a transportation device that takes you to a destination and the destination is marriage. And whatever the stage you are, whatever where you are on the relationship, if you see that it's you guys are not heading the same direction, someone can always get off the train. You can always get off the ship. So I feel like most times we skip the talking phase and jump into a relationship and then you start getting like broken hearts and everything because you didn't you didn't milk that dating, that talking, that friendship phase. Like I feel like if we do the friendship phase the right way before jumping into relationship and getting knee deep and elbow deep into feelings, I feel like we can always filter out those things. Cause people talk, people can talk the talk, but can they walk the walk? That's it. You can know. No. And also ask God. I mean, this, this is such a funny thing I always do, like in my past relationships, before I met this amazing man that decided to marry me, is that I always ask God, like, okay, God, this guy that is talking to me right now, if it's not for me, just like, just cut it, please. I'm begging you. Just cut it. I don't want to get like knee deep into feelings and like realize that they're terrible choice for me and the funny thing is like god always did like each time i pray that prayer like a big fight just comes up and it's like oh yeah this is not gonna work like juicy's kind of thing so i feel like people maximize the talking phase and like there's nothing wrong in praying with about someone you just met if you've been through like if you've gone through the rodeo of like outbreak and everything for so many times like just pray let prayer be your prayer be your mechanism of like knowing what's up so that way you don't just get into a situation the situation and also something i should also learn is that sometimes christian men might actually get comfortable with like the benefits they get exactly before move to the next level yeah and that comes to be like boundaries and bloodlines like mm-hmm. boundaries and blood, bloodlines are very very important like you can't stop playing wifey for someone you're in a relationship with <sighs> I know, like, I know we all want to prove, oh, my wife, material, and yada, 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 and yeah, cool, good, it's amazing. But you, you gotta know boundaries, there's some things you don't know. I mean, I hear stories from back home, like a girl's like, oh, I went to my boyfriend's house, I did his dishes, I washed all his clothes, I washed his mom's clothes, I did everything. And I'm like, why are you doing why this? Why are you there? Thing? Why are you in that, why are you in that oh, situation? <laughs> why why no like don't let people get too comfortable and start getting like benefits that do not belong to them and just be guided ask god to guard you like just let him like let him be in charge like this is 2019 ain't nobody wasting time with anybody that doesn't want to go anywhere like yeah. it's okay to pray pray about them like god what do you think is this person for me if for not me. if not let, let let's just find a way to like stop talking i mean i've prayed that prayer so many times and like the person will just stop calling me all together i mean to earth and like i'll be pained and whatever but i'm like okay god god answered my prayers is working for me i know another person will come and maybe what that next person might be my own but yeah take time to talk get to know the person ask questions you know if they even want to get married exactly and, about it. and see how they behave around people that they shouldn't be you know yeah. ordinarily nice to not like nice to but people that they, yeah. they don't they won't, they, they won't be able to call you favor from um ask questions yeah. you know create scenarios and as me I, i'm i'm quite traditional i feel like i believe a man should be the one to ask you about marriage i mean that's just my own view people might mm-hmm. flip it the other around you do you baby but if you're a woman if you if you desire marrying somebody and you guys have been talking pretty good about it. like what does god have to say about this person and you can even ask god challenge god like if this person is for me here's a sign have them talk to me about it so that no pastor will come and tell you that and eh, that brother is for you 
what God will tell the pastor, he should have confirmed first from you. Like, because the same pastor that I say he's hearing from God, guess what? You do have that carte blanche access to God as well. You can just go in and ask God, like, okay, I want this person. I I like them and I I hope it's your will. But if it's your will, God, not my will, if it's your will, I'll I'll have you as the, like, I want them to ask me, you know, what I think about that. And I've had a lot of people that that has worked for. Let me add something to as well. Sure. Like as women, we're like very quick to like build castles in the air. Like, oh, this guy said I. And we're like, oh my God, what does his last name sound in front of my name? <laughs> like, we got to stop assuming things. Like it might be nice to you, talk to you, take you out on dates, do everything. But if he hasn't like said something about like a relationship or like something, don't build castles in the air. Don't go and start thinking about Asherbi colors or like wedding colors and all those things. If he hasn't said anything, like we, we, I mean, for me too, I'm kind of traditional in that area. Cause like it's a man that finds a wife, either finds a wife, finds a good thing. So I feel like we also have to stop setting ourselves for emotional issues, especially if the person has not explicitly stated their intentions. Yeah. Just don't yeah. build castles. Yeah, and, and make yourself strong first so that your friends that might be egging you on like oh you guys look good together oh my gosh i saw that he was looking at you like don't be led by those kind of things what has god got to say about that you know so it depends and some people can see that this guy likes you or the guy or this girl likes you or whatever but you take time in prayer to find out what god has to say you know because physical attraction is good it's i mean you want to have some level of attraction um, it's good it's needed i think it's one of the criteria like, do you like this person physically and then beyond that like what does god have to, have to say about that person so anyways um mm-hmm. before we go i don't know if you had any final words if i wrap this up oh yeah this is just what i want to say to every single person out there man or woman you're complete there's nothing wrong with you you're whole nothing missing nothing lost nothing broken you're not looking for someone to complete you because you're full baby you're full <laughs> you're looking for someone that will compliment every single part of you i don't want to ever i don't want to ever think about yourself as like being damaged or being incomplete and you need someone else to come and like fill that gap or that hole so yeah that's just something i want everyone to take out of this this wonderful time on this podcast i like that your whole you mean bought by price your whole yes. your whole not for who you are not for what you can do or you know what you can say or what you have but because you already are all right everyone um and bb how can they find you on, on twitter Oh yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter. My handle is bblamor04 and it's B-I-B-I-L-A-M-O-U-R-04. So, yeah. All right, there. You've had that and I'm going to put that in the show notes. So thank you all for listening to this episode with BB. We've talked a lot about stuff, you know, singleness, maximizing, you know, singleness, satisfaction and being sent. We talked about um, creating intimacy, how to enjoy your single time. We draw, draw a lot of comparison and contrast with um, married life as well and tips for maximizing singleness. We also talked about sex and its place in being single and also in the marriage. If you like this content or you like to be in the show as well, just you know, check out the website www.mosibyl.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at that handle at mosibyl. And you know, just you know, let me know. I like to share stories and keep the world going. Remember, Jesus loves you so much, so, so much. And uh, have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Catch you guys in another episode of the Podcast. I remain your host, Mosibo. All right, lady. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Enjoy your
Choice to sit it out or 